Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Back Porch Conja. I am E5 Bayo. Grab a seat, cop a squat, get a chair, a pillow, a blanket. Hell, sit right here on the stoop next to me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Get you something cold to drink, something hot, some water, some tea, some coffee, some juice. It's three o'clock somewhere. Get your drink on. I played that song. Because as I was scrolling and all the conversations I've had lately, I want y'all to be encouraged. I want y'all to not quit and never give up. I know <laughs> that it gets hard. I know it gets frustrated. I know it gets emotional. I know. But nobody told us it was going to be easy. Life, anything, family, children, raising them, having a mate, losing a parent, gaining a parent, the whole nine. Nobody told us it was going to be easy. I used to hear that song, whenever my days were dark. Or I just feel like throwing in the towel saying, God, you know what? You picked the wrong one. I can't do this. This shit ain't for me. And then somewhere along the line, I hear that goddamn song. And then I have to jump up, brush myself off. My mother used to play it. That's how I know. I was watching this movie and The Haunted Mansion, the new one that's out. And they were talking about when you see things that your deceased relatives loved or, you know, you kind of equate them with something. They call it ghost winks. Like they're winking at you, letting you know you're we around. And my mom used to hear that song, and she used to always sing it. She don't feel no ways tired. She came too far from where she started from. Nobody told her that the road would be easy. But she didn't think that he brought her this far to leave her. I didn't know what it meant or really what it entailed till I got grown and I had kids and Family, husband, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't get that song until I got grown. Started living on my own. And nobody never told us. That's true. That this road would be easy. Nobody. They ain't come and say, hey, when you're dealing with depression, when you're dealing with raising children, you want the best for them. You want them to do better than what you even started to do. You want them to have a good life, not a complicated one. But sometimes your children, your very children, the one you labored, had pains, sacrifice, be the ones that will cut your goddamn throat. And sometimes it's just them. Sometimes it be the other parent. Let me tell y'all. I have an ex-husband. That he 
one time told my daughter, if she hates her mother, he'll give her anything she wants. And for two years, my daughter ain't speak to me. Ain't say a word. Would walk past me like we were strangers on the street. Now, mind you, he spent half of his life in jail. I took care of her, made sure she had whatever the Lord allowed. Now, no, I'm not the perfect mama. Or I ain't going to sit here and act like I'm the Brady's or the fucking Banks. No. But I made sure they were here. And whatever they needed or whenever there was trouble, they didn't have to turn around. They already knew the crazy lady back there, right? Yeah, I know. But I understand she wanted her father's love. The one thing she wanted. And mind you, she had a stepfather that raised her and made sure that was like his child. But she still wanted her father's love. And when you want that, see, I, I can't tell you how that feels. I had my father's love. I did. So I can't tell you how that feel. But I can, I can, I seen how it is. And my daughter wanted that more than anything. No matter what. He'll stop speaking to her. Everything. But she'll always go back. Because she wanted that love. And in her relationships, she'll find an inkling of that love. Because she wants that. That's that part that's missing. It took my oldest daughter to realize that the very love she was searching for was within herself. But they still have those, I want to say that, the remnants of. That's why I always advocate fathers need to be in their daughter's lives more than anything in this world. Because if they don't find their father, and he right there, They'll find it in the most horrible human being that you could ever imagine. Real talk. And um, so he he would just say all kinds of things. And she'll believe it. Because in her eyes, she wanted to be daddy's girl. And I used to fight, man. Just fight, fight, fight. Physically, mentally, spiritually, verbally fight. Like if he say something, I'll show up where he was. And then I noticed he took pleasure in that because that's where he got my attention. For real, he took pleasure in that. When he would say crazy things to my daughter, be like, yeah, your mother's a whore. Your mother, her, the religion she follows is a sex cult. Like he would say all of that. Oh, she paid someone to kill me. Like he would say all kinds of things. And I would show up and that made him feel good. That in his sick, demented way, that made him feel good. And then one day I stopped. I stopped showing up. He was saying all kinds of things, going around the people, saying all kinds of things. He didn't get a reaction. Nothing. I just kept it moving. And when I seen him, I just kept going. And he would he would speak, and I just keep going. Then he he then he tried to flip it and go, oh she hate me. So when somebody I saw one of his friends on the avenue, and I said hey how y'all doing hey and he was like hey hey he was like yeah I said if our friendship only consist of you talking about him, then we never had a friendship. Well, I had his homeboys call, and they vented, did all of that. I didn't say anything about him. I could have been like, well, you know, birds of a feather flock together, all that. But I didn't because he wanted that. He wanted to be relevant. He wanted to be. 
because he thought the only way, and he still thinks this way today, the only way to hurt me is to hurt my daughter. And I tried to show that to her. Like I said, nobody told you this road would be easy. She'll see it, but then you still have those remaining, those remnants of that leftover. And she'll, she'll believe them. And time and time again, he will show her that he won't be there. At all. At all. I apologize for being with a person and creating a beautiful human being. But that person didn't, was so much pain and hurt and animosity and jealousy and all of that. Because they didn't have that. They didn't have a family. They didn't have togetherness. They didn't have it, no matter how hard he wanted it. He saw it in my house, but he didn't have it in his own. Because when he left my house, he had to go back to that dark place. And me being young, what I know now and what I went through when I was younger, I would have kept walking. I would have never stopped. I would have kept walking. Because I would make these scenarios in my head and I would sit there and try to justify, well, he's like this because, no, he's just like that. And because he was hurt and the, the fantasy that he lived in wasn't his world, it was mine. It wasn't his world. And then when reality came and I moved on, and he had to wake up to say, well, damn, this ain't my world. This is really her life. It ain't mine. He became angry, bitter. And all he wants to do is find a way to get back. My child is 34 years old now. If she don't like her mother or she don't like her life that she created or she's dissatisfied and she still want to believe him and sit with him, well, that's on her now. I did what I was supposed to do. Real talk. Might be harsh, but it's true. All of them are close to 40 now. They got jobs. They got cribs. They have their own families. I did what I was supposed to do. Every step of the way. Now it's time for me to live my life. If you don't call me, you don't reach out to me, you walk past me on the street, okay, bye. <laughs> And have a beautiful whatever life you created. And keep it moving. If I'm going to be the villain, great. I'll take it. But ask yourself, how has the villain made sure that you are straight? Because the last thing I know, villains set you up to fail. To, to fumble. To not be successful. Villains make sure your life is a living hell. Well, I must be one backwards villain and I didn't get the memo. But like I said, nobody told you that this road would be easy. But I came too far. <laughs> and I know he didn't bring me this far just so he can leave me. When it comes to relationships, I was dating this dude. He didn't want nothing out of his life. All he wanted to do was live off of me. I know you fucking lying. I ain't in the adoption agency. I, I, I went, excuse me, I went to fill out the application for a partner. I didn't go, I read the sign. It said, you know, relationships here. The fuck you trying to say, change it to the adoption agency? I know you are lying. Lies. Lies you tell. Uh-uh. 
You're a grown-ass man. You want me to take care? you 56 years old. Oh, but if you love me, I love this line. I live for this line because I used to hear it from other people. I didn't think in my glory days I would hear it from somebody to say it to me. Oh, but if you love me, you will sacrifice and you will take care of me. Uh, excuse me. Boop, boop, boop. Let me talk to the, the mic. Is this on? <coughs> yeah, you can hear me. All right. You you got all my attention. Matter of fact, I'm going to come visit you. And I showed that. I went to go see him. I said, let me come see you because I want to make sure that there's no miscommunication. You said what? He said, if you love me, you would take care of me because that's what a woman does. Is this thing on? I said, no, I don't love you. <laughs> Alex, I'll take I don't love you for 300 Yeah, okay. Yeah, that one right there. I don't love you. D did you get that? You see my face? You see all that? He then turned around and said, that's why I date white women. Because y'all black women don't know how to take care of y'all men. The Black Caucus now trades um, this fool, this idiot, for anybody that's available. We don't care. I started playing that little soundtrack. We don't care. <laughs> and I kept it moving. Now, when you say that to a person, stand on it. Right? Stand on it. He calls me in the middle of the night. Yo, my phone is broke. Um, I really wish I had somebody to help me if you can get me a phone. I didn't even reply. Delete. Delete. We're in God's green earth. Now, I know some of y'all say, well, you must have did this before. This is why he's acting like this. No. If he had a job. So, if we go out and here go, hey, you know, I had to pay rent, whatever. Okay, you leave the tip. I pay the bill. Or you pay the bill, I leave the tip. Because that's a partnership. Not I'm just paying, paying, paying. No. I used to do that with my first husband. I remember when he was like, yo, I can't afford this. I guess you're going to be washing dishes. He was like, how you know I got money? Stop. And, and why are we playing these 18-year-old games? We, we are way grown. You saw when we pulled up, you drove here. You knew where we were coming. If you knew you couldn't afford it, then why you drive here? Real talk. Like, I, I don't have time. You know, I'm only joking. You know, uh, whatever. If you are driving to the Olive Garden, hey, where you want to go? To the Olive Garden. No, hey, I'm hungry. I want something to eat. Yeah, I'm hungry too. Where you want to go? Can we, Olive Garden. Oh, okay. All right. All right. We get there. You order, I order. Now, you said, I'm hungry. I want to get something to eat. Me too. I can eat too. I'm hungry. I can go for something. Well, where should we eat? That was the conversation. Where should she eat? The Olive Garden. Oh, okay. Come on. You're driving. Nowhere did I say, well, you paying, whatever, because you asked. So I assume. And when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. But hey. I'm going to beat ass. So now the bill comes. Yo, I ain't got no money. Don't play with me. You knew you was coming here. We're not playing these 18-year-old games, these 14-year-old games. We're not. We're grown-ass people. 
If you knew you couldn't afford it or you knew you didn't have no money, hey, nah, babes, we we gonna go over here. Budget, budget, we budgeting, we we bob, we balling on budget. Okay, you know I got, and pulls out a knife of money, and I'm like, okay, you know women should take out men. We were married at one time. Did you want for anything? Did you need for anything? Did you ever come home and there was nothing cooked? Or the house wasn't clean or your clothes wasn't done? No, then shut up. We're not having this conversation. You confused me with somebody you just met. Thank you. And that was it. But back to the dude. <laughs> I said, wow. The, the audacity is really really being so I'm serious. It's at this point, it's like free lunch. It's just giving out. As long as you get up between the hours of eight AM to twelve midnight, you can get audacity. It's it's right there. You can get it. Pick it up. It's so it's out in the yard. Just go and grab it. For real. <clears throat> so mm -mm. so um <clears throat> and so nobody told you that the road would be easy. We came too far for me to give up now. And I don't believe that he brought me this far to leave me. Friendships or trauma bonds or whatever you want to call them nowadays. Because we throw around the word friendship to anybody. And knowing that these people secretly may have some issues with you or whatever. I didn't have people that I assumed was friends. I thought we would do everything together, see each other in the morning. I'm talking about even when my kids were little. I'll tell you a story of a friend that I assumed. Her name is Teresa. Where I would go to bat for people for her like anything, for real. And I never forget, you know, we would... She was with me through all my pregnancies, the whole nine. And I really thought growing up that that was my friend. Like, that's my sister. Like, no. You know, sisters argue. We disagree. We go back and forth. But, baby, it was never like that. Ever, 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 ever. Just my stupid ass, right? And I never forget we all grown. I had left New York. I came back. And um, <laughs> I'm going to call this story Lessons from Craig Before He Died. Um, so all my life, this is my friend, Teresa. We've been friends. This is my homegirl. Like, yo, this is my dog. We grew up together. We grew up on the same block. We lived three doors away from each other. I would, before I even wash my ass, I'm at her door. What we doing today? Like, for real, this is my girl. So as we got older, you know, I always kept in touch. When, whenever I came to New York, I'd go and see her the whole nine. Like, we are her cousins. God bless Dale. Her cousin Toya passed away. Keisha. Like, we family. Like, shit. Baby. <laughs> Mm -mm. I'm the only one that didn't get the memo. I got something, but it was a letter. But it wasn't a memo of the truth. It was a letter I may have wrote to myself that I assumed was what I thought was reality. 
But in reality, it wasn't. I was far from it. So years have passed. Our kids are all big and grown and stuff. So I'll never forget, I went to see her. And I was with my ex-husband then. We tried to rekindle or try to bring back something that was destroyed years ago. But, you know, you, you try, right? So, yeah, the ex-husband had told my daughter to hate me the whole nine. I'm a glutton for punishment. I was healing. I was really broken. Um, yeah, I, I, I can't make excuses. I just did it. So, um, we go over there, and we would go over there and see her, bring food, you know, take the kids to the park, like all of that, right? So, he was like, I never forget my ex-husband told her. Yo, know, me and her, may, you know, we're going to get married again. And he was describing the ring. He was like, yo, she likes diamonds, but she ain't going no diamond. I'm going to get her a crystal. And I'm going to get it, you know, made just for her. And I'm going to have me one. And he was like, you know, telling her that, you know, he, we've always had this, this connection. Like the whole nine. She looked at me. She looked at him. Right when I brought the kids back, she looked at me. She looked at him. She was like, "I'm so jealous of y'all. If anything, I would break y'all up. Like, yo, I would never wanted y'all to be together." I was like, "Girl, you are crazy, right?" Because she said it in a joking man. I started laughing and stuff. I know she didn't want him sexually, like nah. But she was like, "You know, y'all just shouldn't be together. Like, why do you deserve happiness and I don't? I didn't dated people and all of that." And what makes you get a happy ending? And I don't. I never paid attention to it. You know, it's just, okay, right? And I know some of y'all been like, damn, bitch, red flag, hit you over the head. But I, I, you could never have had me believe that she really meant that, right? Real talk. Nobody told me the road would be easy. So it didn't say it wasn't going to be no red flags and cautions. But I didn't see him. I, well, I saw him. I, I ignored him. So she one day we came over and she was like, oh, my God, take me to go see Marco, you know. And she was like, you know, I've been sleeping with him. And I was like, for real? She was like, yeah, but his wife is there. So I'm like, okay, it's my friend. So I'm standing there. And now my ex-husband is sitting in the car. He's facing us, right? He don't get along with Marco. You just see him and say hi and just keep it going. Okay. So it's Teresa's on the on my Left side, I'm in the center. Marco's on my right. And Marco's wife is inside the barbershop. And she's waving. And we all waving. So Teresa's talking to me. And I'm leaning in talking to Marco. So she's like, tell him, I said, to meet me, you know, later on. So I'm just giving the message, right? I know. So we get back to the car. My ex-husband is like, so when are you going to tell me you was fucking Marco? I was like, what? I'm sitting in the back because I let her sit in the front, right? I'm like, what? Now, mind you, she's looking at me through the rear view. And he's like, yeah, I see you flirting with him. Like, when you going to tell me? Like, this shit didn't change. And I'm like, wait, hold on. What? And I'm looking at her in the glass like, you know, I know not to tell everybody else, but this is my man where I am planning on getting married. Thank God for small favors. But... I'm planning on getting married and you can't even step up. And he's like, Teresa ain't saying nothing. And when I tell you she didn't, she put her head down. And I said, you really think that I'm fucking Marco? Like I'm sleeping with Marco? 
Well, you standing there whispering. I'm looking at you. And his wife is in there. He's like, what kind of fucking woman are you? And I'm sitting here bringing you here. She never said nothing. Now I know what y'all say. Why you didn't blow her up at that moment? All what I thought was friends was like, wow. Right? She, I mean, we drove to her home. We argued through the whole ride, taking her home. Even while he dropped me off, I moved out his crib that day. Like, we stopped speaking. That was it. Fuck him, die, kill himself. Shit ain't changed. The whole nine. Now, mind you what she said. Prior to this, if I could, I'd break y'all up. Like, what gives you a happy ending? Real talk. So now, we don't speak, right? I, I'm not mad at Teresa. I hope her the life that she deserved. Him, me and him, we stopped speaking. We, you... You could walk past us and nothing, like nothing. So one day, I'm talking about two years later, one day he sees Teresa and they were talking and he told her, he said, you know, she never loved me. And Teresa told him, <laughs> real talk, she told him, you know, I was the one sleeping with Marco, but I didn't want to say nothing because you're friends with Marbrock, and I didn't want you to tell Marbrock that I was fucking with someone because I didn't want Marbrock to think I was a hoe. Bitch, you are, right? That that would have been in my head. He said, so you were fucking Marco? He said, are you just saying this? She was like, no, I've been fucking with Marco for the longest. You know, until his wife found out, and that's it. Now he's trying to be faithful. He don't fuck with me. Roosevelt looked at her. My ex-husband looked at her and shook his head. Because the damage was already done. We said things that neither one of us will ever be able to take back. So it was already done. So my ex-husband, Ibae, my second husband, Craig, was in the hospital. And Teresa works in the hospital. And she saw his name and she went to see if that's, you know. So he was in the hospital. He had, you know, his heart was messed up. He had a heart attack. I wasn't living in New York then. I was living in South Carolina. And he had called me right after this conversation. He grabbed his phone and he called me. This is how I know. Lessons from Craig before he died. He said, he picked up the phone. I picked up the phone and I was like, yo, what's up? And he was like, yo, I'm in the hospital right now. He was like, you never, uh, you never guessed who I was just talking to. I said, who? He's like, Teresa. I said, fuck you. I know there was section Teresa working. He's like, nah. She said, my heart, my heart was fucked up. He said, and they had to keep me. Um, he said, but now she saw my name and she had to make sure. He said, we talked for a good bit. And I said, wow. He said, you know, Teresa was never your friend, right? And I was like, what? I said, nah. I said, nah, we friends. I said, we grew up together, right? Like, you know, come on. He was like, no. He said, Teresa was never your friend. He said, she could have had ample enough time. He said, and I told her the whole time that... Y'all argue. He said, you and Roosevelt. He said, I said, wait, how the fuck you know? Because you weren't there. He said, no, she told me. He said, she was like sitting there like, what makes her have a happy ending? What makes her have a good life? I'm a good person. Why I don't have that? Why does she have to have a man that loves her like that? So she tried to tell Craig, oh, you know, you and Donna. He said, even in death, I'm going to still love her. Like... That was my friend. And she was like, well, what makes her have this life? Or, you know, she done moved on, you done moved on, and you still have feelings for her? And he was like, yeah. 
He was like, yo, I married her. She was like, and that's another thing. She'd been married twice. I was never married. Like, she really was just sitting there, I guess, confessing to him or whatever. And he said he finally told her, like, yo, you never liked her. She said, nope. She said, to be honest, no, no. And he told me that nobody told me that this road would be easy. This is not the conversation, or I'm just giving you uh, to let you know. Betrayal and, and pain and hurt don't come from strangers. The majority of the times it come from the very people you would give your life for, that you would sacrifice, that you would think they have the same love and admiration and respect for you. And nine times out of ten, they don't. They truly don't. At all. At all. These are people that I would go to bat for. Jump on a plane, a train, a bus, whatever, and be right there standing next to them. But then I had to look over my life and every part of my fucking life that I have went through, it's been nothing but strangers. Not one time can I say that my blood stood by me. I can't. I'm not even going to lie. I can't. It's always people that's not related to me. Always, every inch of my life is always strangers or someone that's not related to me. When I look for blood, I don't see not a soul. Not a soul. And you know the sad part is? My mother and them, her and her sisters, they were never like that. They were like, yo, if I need you, I'm on the plane coming. If my, no, your kids, what? We coming. Like they would do that. Whether they had to sacrifice or not, blood was everything. But not these new niggas. <laughs> when my mother was alive, anything, she'll be right there for her kids. Grandkids, the whole nine. My pops, too. My brother, horse, what? What's going on? I'll be right there. And he showed sure did. Showed up. Showed out. But when they died, that feeling, that awe, oh, I had to learn how to be there for myself. And I remember when my brother... When horse was alive and I would be with Teresa and all of them. And my brother used to tell me, you ain't got no fucking friends. He's like, they only your friend because they want something from your silly ass. They ain't your friend. He said, one day you will see it. And when you do, it hurts. See, people don't talk about that part. It hurts. Nobody told you the road would be easy. <laughs> Woo! But you can't give up now. It come too far. Mm-mm. From where you started from. Whoo. Then you start working, making yourself independent. And you got to figure out who's with you and who's not. Then you get that. Your kids in school. You hope for the best. You know, got to watch out who your kids are around because not everybody wish your kids or you well. But you still came too far. For you to give up now. Nobody told you this road would be easy. <laughs> then you you start changing. Start holding yourself accountable. You want better in your life. You look around the circle and the tables that you're sitting at. And they don't make no sense. And you're like, no, I don't want this. There's something great out there. And I want to go out there and see it. 
I want to experience it. I just don't want to sit here after sitting there looking at friends. And they're like, yeah, no, I've never been out of New York. What? No, I need to go and see the world. I can't. I got a spirit that say I need to travel. I got to see something, Lord. <laughs> and then you go. You go and you start traveling and you take your kids on vacation. And when you come back to sit with those said friends, you're not bragging. You're not even talking about your trip. But they done talked about you. Oh, you think you're better than us because you, you went out of town. You think you're better than us because you take your kids somewhere. You think you're better than us. Where? How? how? You think that. I don't. Oh, you think you're better than us. You gonna move out of New York and you gonna fuck around and get your kids killed. Oh, they told me all the horrible stories. They told me, oh, if you move, even the people in the church. Oh, the Lord said, if you move, you gonna be miserable. You're not gonna make it. You'll be back here in a year. Well, baby. Ha! <laughs> Woo! That's when that part came in to say, I know he didn't bring me this far for him to leave me. I lived in Atlanta for 20 years. 20 years. Only reason why I came back is my father passed away. And I stayed. For about four years. Five. And then I left out of Dodge again. I just couldn't stay. But they told me before I left, they were like, oh, you're going to lose your husband. Your kids is going to be all fucked up. Watch and, you know, you're going to fail. I said, nah, no. I said, I'm not. Yeah, I'm telling you. Watch. You're going to fail. Watch. Well, me and my husband, we did separate. I didn't fail. I lived there for 20 years. I had some dog days, but I had some great days. I met some amazing people. I traveled. Oh, my God. I had fun. I had fun. And I was like, wow. And I didn't let those naysayers. Because when I asked them, have you ever left New York? Have you ever tried anything on your own? No. My mother died. I took her apartment. So you've never been nowhere. You can't tell me what's out there. You can't even speculate. All you can do is see what's on the news. And half of the time, you drunk or confused. So you don't even know what the fuck you're watching. Yeah, okay. When I tell you, man, they were. And after, when they seen they couldn't change my mind, they would make up rumors and lies. And then they stopped talking to me. And I didn't care. I stuck. I kept on going. I moved. I moved. I got the fuck out of Dodge. Let my kids go to school, raise them to the best of my ability. And then they would make up stories. Oh, yeah, I heard she lost her kids. And I would come up in the summer. Me and Craig would come up to see, you know, God bless his dad. We would come up and see his moms and them. And um, I'd check on my dad. So we would come up to New York every year. We'd bring the kids up and stuff. We ain't lie. Like, yo, they'd be like, yo, we going here now. Nah, nigga, we came up to chill for a little bit, get some of our stuff. And uh, we out. Like, shit, we gotta get to work, cause we got a light bill we gotta pay. Like, nah, nigga, shit, we paid the rent, we gotta pay the water bill. Like, for real, you know, we ain't, we ain't act like we had it like that. Like, nah. So, you know, and then the, the kids stayed close to the family and stuff. You know, it was even crazy. My daughter would come up and 
hang with her father's side of the family. And I remember one year she was like, oh, now mind you, her father in jail. I remember the cousin Bernadette said, and this is what I said, nobody told you it would be easy. Oh, you should let me adopt your daughter. Bitch, what? Who? Do, do I look like I'm a crackhead? Do I, do I look, do they look unhealthy? Do they look like they abused? Do they look like they don't have a life? She was like, no, Sydney, why would you fix your face to say that? I said, I, you must got me confused. Is, is, is this thing on? I said, I know you lying. I know you lying. That's why I didn't have a problem when his sister died and I walked in that goddamn funeral and said, she owe me money. And when my girlfriend looked, she said, how much you owe? $8. Ooh, they cursed me out. I don't give a fuck. Y'all give me my $8. Don't play with me. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I know how to play a stupid game. I play as well. Don't play with me. So, anyway, that was a side story. But anyway, nobody told you it was going to be easy. Come too far for me to give up now. I worked, I started my own company. And when I started, people dogged me out, even when I opened up my store. Oh, it's gonna fail, no one's gonna do that, you're stupid, you need to stay on welfare. When I even got my job, you need to stay on welfare, be like the rest of us. No, I wanna work, <laughs> you crazy? No, uh-uh. And when my husband, Craig asked me to marry him, Oh, you shouldn't get married. No, it didn't work with your first one. Yeah, he in jail doing 22 years, girl. I, uh -uh. My life didn't end. Oh, you shouldn't get married. Why should you get married? I've never been married. You done been married now twice. Yeah, the friends I had. Man, that's why I had to reevaluate, change, change the environment, change everything. But you know what, though? People don't talk about this neither. You wind up finding the same kind of friends until you learn how to heal that version of you that accepted all that bullshit. You will still accept even from your family if you don't heal that version of you. That's why I ain't no ways tired. I came too far for me to give up now. Nobody told me that this road or this life would be easy. But I don't think that he brought me this far for him to leave me. That is fact. That right there is fact for me. I can't speak for you yet. Maybe your story hasn't made that turn or that twist or you had to live, you didn't live through those ways, that typhoon, to just make sure that all you got to do is stand up in the water to your knees. It ain't even deep. It might be to your waist. And then out of the blue, there's a whole patch of land that you can stand on and then bow a ship come and rescue you I can't give up I ain't jumping in the water to drown for what all I gotta do is stand up even when you're on this spiritual journey you're gonna come across people that will use you that will lie that will betray you that will talk about you that will you would think they there to help you. And in reality, they just there to try to get their love likes up or try to get a name for themselves. Some people collect goddamn God kids like they out there collecting goddamn rocks on the ground. Some of them got all these God kids and can't even take care of them. They want them, let alone take care of themselves. Some of them, you don't even want them to be around you. Some of them have you uh, twisting your head off because they done lied because they don't know what they doing. Just poking around in the dark. 
Those are the ones that don't want you to talk to nobody. Oh, I'm the only one that can teach you. Like you're a fucking prisoner or a slave. Then you have those people that know everything, but you got to pay them. Even if you ask them a question, you got to pay them. Put something on the cash app. Now, it's a difference for respecting time. Don't get it twisted. If you know this person is busy and they took you, you know, they stopped what they're doing and they gave you their time and their wisdom and knowledge. Yeah, it's nice to buy them some lunch or something because you want to appreciate the time that they gave you when they could be doing something else, sleeping, working, doing all that. And they took that time. Yeah, I always think you should offer someone some kind of, you know, token or appreciation, whatever. If it's not money, it could be some flowers, buy them lunch or you know, do something nice for them to let them know they appreciate it. Yes, that I totally sign up for. But we ain't talking about that. We talking about motherfuckers that come and they want you to bend over backwards and help them. And then they go and give applause to somebody else like you never was there in the beginning. I had a, this woman that would hit me up, tell me all, everything that's going on, her fucking family, everything. And I remember she used to always offer things. I stopped because I saw her tell somebody, oh, and I brought, she was in the comments. Oh, yeah, and I was always buying her stuff. Ah! The one thing you never going to do, and never belongs to God, but baby, you ain't doing it here. Is this thing on? You're not going to buy me a plate and then tell the world that you fed me. Nah, that's okay. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. She And I'm grateful. She don't even text me no more. Like, good. Cause she would, it would be one lie after the other. Oh, I don't be online. Every time you look up right there online, online. Oh, I don't be, no. Mm -mm. But went, literally went to all these different spiritual people. Oh yeah. But you know, if I obey, why, why talk me? Why drag me? Whenever you need me, I showed up. Whenever you needed me, I showed up. Why dog me out? I didn't do anything. I showed up. But you can't. Woo! <laughs> Nobody told you that this was going to be easy. I remember putting myself out there. You know, I would tell my kids, hey, if you got anything to hide or whatever. And then here I am. I'm thinking people are supporting me. They liking me. Man, I saw the text messages. Oh, you see her wig. She looks retarded. Look at her. She's too old. How would I listen to someone that had a kid at 14? And No, my son went to college. I thought what is in them a damn. They ain't perfect, but they there. They grown. They got their own goddamn lives. So I, I think I'm batting a thousand. Uh, El Presidente of everybody else's life. Then I had to sit back and go, everybody that was in that little tech shit, y'all all screaming from the sidelines. I'm on the fucking field playing. At least I'm doing something. So, you think I care about the applaud from the nose please section? You ain't even got the decent to get floor seats. Sit down. <laughs> I think the worst one was Nobody told you that this road would be easy. My father was passing away, and when he passed away, I told you, my father and the side of the family, they believe in getting their business in order. Like they had bank accounts, they traveled abroad on my father's side, and they had life insurance. My pops and was like, yo, we ain't come from that era where you sell chickens and shit. No, you take care of what needs to be taken care of. Pay the goddamn bill, you know. My father ain't pay a bill. He became nervous and shit. So, 
You know, my mother ain't care. She was the type of woman. I believe that shit. Child be six months. Bill be started out at thirty three dollars. By the time you get it and you get ready to pay, it's like two thousand dollars. You be like, what? I don't give a fuck. I don't care. That was my mother's take on bills and shit. So <clears throat> my father was passing away, and he passed away. So it was Karen Curry, Barney, all of them. They were all in this this conversation. And never forget, Karen called me. She said, oh, so do you want me to put up, <laughs> do you want me to put up a GoFundMe or, you know, were you taking donations? I said, what am I putting up a GoFundMe for? I never forget this shit. I said, what am I putting up a GoFundMe for? Why am I taking donations? She was like, oh, so you can have your father's funeral. I said, why? My father had insurance. What? I said, yeah, my father had insurance. Like, no. I got life insurance. What's wrong with you? Barney told me that, you know, that you, your father ain't have no life insurance. No, my father had life insurance. And how could Barney tell you that? Barney don't live in my house. I'm going to fuck you, my best friend, my homeboy, my cool boy. Like, no. And that, it rocked me because... I'm like, wow, how can you make up a lie so bad about someone in their death? So for a while, I was in, you know, I was in denial. I was, right? Even though it came from Karen, I was like, she could post a lie the whole night, right? So, okay. My mother used to always have me believe that the people that are around you are who you are, right? Real talk. And I'm like, nah. So when... A good friend of mine, Toya, when she passed away, I remember her calling me and she was saying, yeah, you know, Barney. And mind you, it ain't bash. I'm, I'm sharing how life in the world is. She was like, yeah, Barney tried to talk to me. And I told him, like, you know, nah, like, he, you would go off. Like, you would, you would lose your mind. And I was like, yeah. I was like, you know, not that I wanted Barney or anything, but Toya, we watched you grow up. Like, nah, you know, you don't need that. You need somebody positive in your life. So she was like, yeah, she's like, and then I said, yeah, he used to go with Felicia. Like, that was your sister's best friend. You don't, you don't never want that. We, we live by code. We don't do that. Right? So, because I even remember when Felicia, at one time, she was like, yeah, you date. I said, if you finish that fucking sentence, I said, who we are? Like, no matter what, who we are, we don't do that. And she was like, yeah, you right. Barney's my friend. I'm not sleeping with him. Ma, don't do that. Don't ever do that. Like, nah. I, I'm a strong believer. I don't shit where I lay. Nah, I'm good. So, um, <laughs> and, um, so when she died, he called me and he was like, yeah, you know I fucked her. I was like, no, you didn't. Yo, I'm telling you. No, no, you didn't. No. The one thing about Toya, me, even Keisha, Teresa, with her hateful ass, all of us, we ain't lying on our shit. We, if we slept with, yo, yeah, or we'll call each other, no matter what, like, we'll call each other and be like, yo, I know you're going to judge the shit out of me, but yo, I slept with Shorty. And they'll be like, for real? Yeah, I know. Put one in the book or, yo, put one in the fucking box and throw it away deep. Because we knew people would lie. Right? So we knew that. And I'm like, yo, she ain't even been dead for 24 hours. 
and you saying this. My father had just died and Karen called me like right when I posted, like letting my nephews and nieces and all of them know like, yo, your grandfather died. I wasn't trying to call everybody on the phone because the majority of everybody was on my page. So, yo, my pops just passed away. Like, yo, he just took his last breath. Okay. It wasn't even an hour. Karen was like, so you want me to do the GoFundMe? What am I doing to GoFundMe or get donations for what? And she's like, yo, because Barney said, my father had insurance, love. Like, nah, he had insurance. I got insurance. Like, shit, now I got two policies. But nah, for what? No. She was like, for real? Yeah, listen, it might be foreign to some folk, but it's not foreign. Every black person is not going to put up for a chicken dinner. Some of us got insurance and we pay it, you know? So, and she was like, wow. Like, it was so far-fetched. Nobody told you this road would be easy. Even when I opened up my company and I was getting sick. And I went to my so-called friends. And they were like, oh, I told you you was going to fail. I told you you was going to lose it. And I turned around and said, I ain't losing nothing. And I put it online. And I got to travel and do all kinds of things. And it freed me up that I can teach and do all that online. And I started doing different things and blazing different things and starting, you know, putting my feet in different fires. And I'm like, wow, throwing my hat in the ring. Nobody told me it was going to be easy. But I don't believe he brought me this far so he can leave me. Because I ain't know where it's tired. I have my moments. But I ain't know where it's tired. I had to learn that why am I arguing with people? Why am I worrying about what people say? They're going to talk about me anyway. The fuck? Whether I do good or bad. They're going to talk about me. But I don't feel no way tired. And I want y'all to be encouraged. Don't give up. Do not allow someone else to talk you out of your seat or your, or for your journey. Because they will. They see the, the, the reasons why I love the haters and the messy folk and all of them is because they see your greatness. You don't see it. But they see it. And they don't want it to succeed no matter fucking what. They want you to be just like them, miserable and bitter, because somebody talked them out of their journey. Somebody put their fear and their phobias in them, and they fell for it and went for it, and they did not do it. They gave up. Well, I'm here to tell you, don't allow those people to fucking get in your head. Even if you rest, arrest for a day or two, and brush yourself up and get back out there. Yes, yeah, going to be farming. Yes, people are going to disagree. Yes, people are going to say all kinds of things. But who gives a fuck? Keep going. It's bigger than them. It is trillions of people in the world you haven't even touched yet. You haven't even gotten to the tip. Matter of fact, you're not even on the fucking path yet. Why are you worrying about that? Them few little people. Oh, because they my friends. They're not your friends. Oh, because I knew them for so long and you still don't know them. Oh, because, no, I supported them. Well, God bless you, and you will be blessed for it. Doesn't mean that they have the responsibility to bless you. You know how many people that will hit me up, oh, wow, if I bet you should buy my book. Why? You don't buy mine? The fuck? And I'm not going in your box begging. I just post mine. You ain't buying mine, so why would you think I'm going to buy yours? Support go both ways. 
Oh, if I bail, you should put this on your page. You paying me? Oh, because I only got like 12 followers. When I had 12, I don't remember going in your page saying, hey, promote me. No, no. I got it out the mud. It's blood, sweat, and tears. You do the same. Oh, my God. You're jealous. Of what? 56 people against 6,000 people. Weigh it out. Nah, boo. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. Stay over there. I'm not in competition with no one. I will pour into you when you pour into me. This is, we, we do back and forth. What we not going to do is have that one side of shit. Nah, I respect your boundaries. Oh, wow. You know, and I, I still look at people and go, how many times have I said, don't tag me and shit? But they still do. And I just laugh. I ain't going to put it on my page no more. But I just laugh because I didn't tag anyone. I'm not tagging people. If you see it, you see it. If it resonate with you, it resonate with you. If it don't, move on. I respect you. But what I'm not going to do is tag 90,000 people like, yo, see my shit. No, if you don't see it, then you don't see it. That's it. I'm good with it, though. That's why I know that it's time for me to elevate and do other things. Because he didn't give me this vision. They didn't bring me this far for them to leave me. And they definitely didn't bring me this far for me to fail. They said, hey, we closing this door. You did this. You, you done graduated with honors. You a scholar. Closing that door. You don't need to return. It's done. Matter of fact, we cementing it. Because we don't even want you to go back. We, we take you to a whole new plateau. Come on. Here. You over here. It's not going to be easy. You ain't going to be welcomed. People ain't going to sign up for it just right away. People going to watch. Ah. But I want you to remember, I didn't bring you this far so I can leave you or watch you fail. Stay the course, trust the process, and I'm going to take you all away. All you got to do is trust. And I said, wow, okay. The very people that would dog me out, call me the voodoo lady, oh, I'm going to hell, Oh, you're, you're using people. Oh, you know, you're manipulating people. I'll be these very people. Hey, you got $50 you can lend me. Hey, you got $10. Hey, can you give me a reading for what? Nah, I'm good. That will dog me out. Talk about me. And then turn around. Curse me and turn around and try to get a blessing from me. And I tell them, I'm still human. I'm not God's status. God forgives, not me. I forget and move on. I acknowledge it. I see it. If you're worth it, I may speak on it. But I'm still moving on. Because I'm not going to stop and worry about what you're going through. Whatever you're going through, I suggest you go get some healing for it. Because I'm over here. Peace. And I'm out. But remember, no one told you that the road would be easy. Came too far to give up, baby. <laughs> you got it. I believe in you. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Love you. Stay safe.